Welcome to Sunday Sermons and other recordings from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis, California. Please visit our website at www.uudavis.org for further information. to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis. I'm Grania Grant, today's worship associate. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Good morning. I'm the Reverend Morgan McLean, the Assistant Minister for Congregational Life. And you are welcome here. No matter how you identify or who you love, no matter the color of your skin or your personal circumstances, no matter your understanding of God or life's big questions, you are welcome here in the fullness of who you are. If this is your first time here, we hope you will stop by our welcome table so we can get to know you. Here you will find a community of caring and sharing. And as Grania makes her way to Julie Bell's, Grania is today's worship associate. She's playing in Julie Bell's, and she also made coffee. So thank you for (laughs) pulling triple duty. (laughs) So I have a special announcement for everyone in the congregation uh, to share about our lives. This is my husband, Daniel, if you don't know. And the exciting news is that I'm going to have a baby. I know, it's so fun. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point, um, a baby will emerge in the spring in true, in true ch- uh, church child fashion. The due date is actually Easter Sunday. So anything can happen, and, and uh, I know you're looking forward to meeting it, and so are we. So anyway. Him or her. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to say it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you for, for joining me in that joy. And we know that every time we come together, we share all that is happening in our lives. There is a lot of joy, a lot of happiness that we create in this community and in our families and with our friends. And so we light a pillar candle here to represent all of those joys. And we hope that they will burn brighter because of being shared together. And we also know that life is complex. And with joy also comes sorrow and concern. And so we light a second pillar candle to acknowledge all that is being held that is hard in this room that needs the support and love of this community. this next part of the service. It is the first time this congregation has done a community lay minister commissioning ceremony. And it is a moment of great joy and full day as chair of the board. Would you please come and help? Good morning. Good morning. Unitarian Universalist Society for Community Ministries writes, Community ministry, lay and ordained, has existed for centuries. 
From the first days of Unitarian and Universalist history in America, there have been important forms of ministry taking place outside congregations. Over the years, community ministry performed by lay members like that of their ordained colleagues has taken many different forms. Many community ministries require specialized skills related to their particular setting. They can be hospital chaplains, campus ministry organizers, pastoral therapists, spiritual directors, or community organizers who create multi-faith communities and organizations. All these are forms of community ministry that may be fulfilled by either ordained or community lay ministers. Community lay ministers often feel a desire to be connected to a local congregation where they can continue to be a part of the Unitarian Universalist community. To become an official commissioned community lay minister, they have conversations with the clergy and board of the congregation. In the spirit of mutual support, they create a covenant that will benefit the community that is served by the church. And when I say that, I mean Woodland and Davis and Winters and Dixon and West Sac, which is where we draw our congregation from. And that is where all of our members drive in to this church from. In June of 2018, the UUCD Board of Trustees voted to commission Kate Raymond as a community lay minister for our congregation. The board witnessed that Kate is committed to Unitarian Universalism and the mission of our congregation. She is committed to working with the clergy of this congregation to support their ministry. In turn, they will support her presence in the way she serves the communities, including members of UUCD. Kate's lay ministry will often be in the community beyond our walls, supporting interfaith programs among congregations. Her ministry will be experienced through a variety of forms of spiritual direction. Kate Raymond has been a member of UUCD for over 30 years. She is known for her excellence in both secular education in the public schools and religious exploration in our congregation and in the district. Her work in education exemplifies the values of Unitarian Universalism. She was recognized by our district in 2015 with the Excellence in Religious Exploration Award. Kate is dedicated to deepening her spiritual life and offering this gift to others. She is a certified spiritual director, received training in nonviolent communication, and enrolled in an intensive pastoral care unit of study for hospital chaplaincy. She is currently enrolled in a master's in social work program in the East Bay with an emphasis in mental health. Kate has signed a covenant with our congregational ministers and board chair. It outlines our relationship with the ministers and uh, congregation in Kate. Covenants offer guidelines and they are living documents. They are reviewed regularly to ensure their effectiveness. Um, our covenant will be reviewed yearly. 
So we are going to invite you to participate in this ritual of recognition of Kate Raymond as our commissioned community lay minister, and um, intentionally so that you can look at her and she can look at you. You are not going to be reading off of a page, neither will you be reading something from the monitor. So she is the object of your love right now. Um, and um, and you are hers. So, Kate Raymond, it is with joy that we recognize you as the community lay minister for this congregation, the Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis. And you're going to say this line after me. We welcome you with joy. We ask you to continue your work offering many forms of spiritual direction in the communities our congregation serves. Bring connections of the spirit. Bring connections of the spirit. Thank you for your love and dedication to this beloved community and to our Unitarian Universalist faith. Let us begin. Let us begin. Kate. I enter our covenant with joy and am grateful for your blessing of this ministry. So the board, the clergy, the congregation all welcome you into this new official relationship. And this is an amazing gift that we have for you right here. We couldn't find it this morning at first, so I created my own a name tag that says Kate the Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> but then we found it. Kate Raymond, Community Lay Minister and Spiritual Director, Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis. And your joy. The sky was gray and a southerly wind was rising. But my grandfather and I strapped on our life jackets and climbed into the boat. It was only 11 miles from Bodega to Marshall. We'd made the trip in choppier water. And besides, that boat was fast. Though rated for a 90 horsepower engine, that hadn't been enough for my grandfather, who had modified the back of the boat to support a 140 horsepower Evinrude. We were sure that we would beat the storm. We didn't. One minute, we were bouncing along over a little rough white water, and the next, the waves were lifting us up and kicking us forward like a bathtub toy. Swollen black clouds were racing toward us, and we could see the massive silvery haze of the rain before the clouds were even overhead. Our craft, a single 15-foot fiberglass fishing boat, was no ocean-going vessel, and the large engine weighing down the back didn't help. I wasn't worried. I was with my grandfather, and nothing bad could happen while he was there. When he told me to lie across the bow of the boat to lower the nose and lash my feet to the bench in the front with an entire coil of rope, I figured that was something sailors do. (laughs) I didn't know at the time that when the current is going in one direction, 
and the wind is going in the other, the waves peak a lot higher than you might expect. I stretched my arms to the sides like a bird and soared into the air as we rose, then descended, my life jacket bouncing off the bow to send me up in the air once more as the swells got larger and larger. By the time the storm hit, we were literally airborne over the crests, then plunging like a stone into the troughs. And the rain, merciless, torrential rain. I remember laughing with pure joy and singing, flying between sea and sky, while the rain from above and the waves from below merged with each other. In his book, Miracles Happen, Dr. Brian Weiss writes of a transcendent recognition that our true nature is spiritual, that we are somehow manifestations of one energy. I didn't have words for that at 12, but it was exactly my experience. There was an overwhelming sense of oneness. The tremendous energy around me was inside me too. We were immortal parts of each other. In those moments, I saw my connection to spirit, to nature, and especially to my grandfather with my soul rather than my eyes. And I knew to the core of my being that I was safe. A small group of people gathered and the facilitator invited us to reflect on this month's theme, Sanctuary. He said, to begin this session, you're invited to share a word or a phrase about what sanctuary means to you. We do that so much in Unitarian Universalist circles. Slowly, people started sharing their words. Safe harbor. Quiet and nurturing. Protection. And I said, challenging, sometimes dangerous. And people kind of shifted in their seats. This wasn't the expected response. Let's go around the circle again, the leader encouraged. <laughs> and my friend said, nurturing, reliable and comforting, supportive. And I added, courageous and sacrificing. It was really clear that we had different ideas about the characteristics of sanctuary. Many of us around the circle were imagining ourselves seeking renewal and the sanctuary of peaceful nature. We talked about the majesty of mountains, the sound of the ocean's gentle waves, and the pungent smell of the salt air. We reminisced about the surprising color of an urban community garden. Being in nature is a source of sanctuary that reminds us of our place in the larger universe. But I was thinking about a young girl and her unwavering trust in her grandfather, her feet lashed to the bench of a 15-foot fiberglass boat, laughing and singing as she flew between sky and sea. 
the safe sanctuary of being one with the boat, the wind, the rain, the waves, and the danger and risk. But ultimately, her trust in the soul connection to the energy around her and to her very human grandfather. All the important elements of her life were present, just moving unpredictably. And later in life, we realize that when we are airborne, as she was between the waves, sometimes we don't slip into that magical, mystical space between sea and sky. Sometimes we still choose to live in that trust, though. Today, we need relationships with lovers and families and friends and communities where we can be seen and known for exactly who we are and have conversations that matter. We are living in a time that has been called the age of loneliness. But it's possible to discover nourishing sanctuaries of human relationships to strengthen our spirits And today I am asking that we become open to the possibility of what sanctuary can be and how we can create it. Jennifer Bailey is an ordained minister in the African Methodist Episcopal Church and has been named one of the 15 faith leaders to watch by the Center for American Progress. She is considered one of the most important emerging national leaders in the multi-faith movement of justice. How do we create sanctuary for ourselves and others, and what does it look like? I have slowly and quite reluctantly come to understand that when we experience sanctuary in relationships, it's not something that we just fall into and discover passively and allow it to just envelop us. It may not seem this way when we first think about it, but sanctuary that is really worthy of our trust has many of the characteristics of Grania's childhood experience. Leaning into the storm, the boat, our lives, is out of balance. There are moments of being airborne, one wave behind us, and our future Landing is not very secure, even if we can see it. Risk, trust, daring, resiliency, vulnerability, flying in that slice of existence between air and sea, that's life. Grania describes a spiritual sense of sanctuary and ultimate safety, belonging to the whole universe itself. This is a large, encompassing circle of belonging, and in part, this is the existence of a child who does not imagine the possibility of tragedy. After the elections of 2016, Reverend Bailey started to have dinners with small groups of strangers. One dinner was with international campus students, They met with her to discuss building bridges across religious differences, but their conversation moved to a new level when one of the students mentioned that his status was that of a refugee. It changed everything. 
She had dinner with successful rising stars in cutting-edge organizations offering alternatives for our future. And their conversation took a different, unexpected direction. And some shared stories of personal pain about childhood abuse and domestic violence. It was not exactly what they had expected to share. At another gathering, six women from small towns in the rural Midwest and southern United States, and do we have anyone here with those origins of the Midwest and the southern states? They talked about how they didn't know if they could ever return to their hometowns, really return to their hometowns after the elections. I mean come and just be at ease there. Their political orientation was so different from their families and friends. The content of each dinner conversation was different, as you could hear. But each conversation started with the same three questions that revealed a shared experience of humanity, belonging, creating community. And those three questions. Who are your people? Meaning, what places or communities do you go to when you need to release and restore yourself? Where do you find a sanctuary of belonging? The second question, tell us about a moment at this dinner when you've been made to feel unwelcome or misunderstood. And the third, when did you feel profoundly, profoundly welcomed? and experienced a true sense of belonging. And what was it that made you feel that way? Those are the questions that brought the answers, the conversations in those three groups. Jennifer Bailey identified her people when she was a young black child sitting close to her grandmother Vera's kitchen table. A small group of women gathered regularly to play cards there, but what they were really doing was creating a place of truth-telling. They talked about the conundrums in their lives, how those problems could be solved. They shared possible solutions. They told the stories about when they were misunderstood or hurt, when they were treated with dignity also, and when they had great joys when they were truly successful. They said all of that with no filter. This was a place when they talked about what really mattered, the hard truths and sometimes the things that couldn't be spoken beyond that table. This was their sanctuary. Her memory of those conversations was the inspiration for a project. Jennifer Bailey wondered, how can new tables be built for Americans to gather around where people will be seen and heard, not because of what they do, not because of a title they happen to have, but because of who they are underneath all of our labels? Would it be possible to bring people together who typically had a very different worldview and then find their common shared humanity. So imagine this. This is my imagination of a table that might be at my home. 
table is set for six guests. There is a religious conservative who has firm ideas about God and sin, forgiveness, sitting next to a mystic who has a very different understanding of all those things. There's a refugee from Sudan and someone who feels uncomfortable with the increasing diversity of this country. There's a transgender person and someone who doesn't understand why there is so much emphasis on gender and sexuality in the news. Reverend Bailey's curiosity about the possibility of opening courageous conversations around new tables was the beginning of something called the People's Supper. Hashtag 100 dinners, 100 nights. Starting with inauguration night, and I don't know what you were doing on inauguration night on January 20th on, in 2017, Jennifer Bailey and two friends designed a project of dinners hosted across the country in everyday American homes, nothing special. And they did it for a hundred evenings in a row. There were two possible purposes. The first kind of dinner was to host a healing space to encourage belonging, and the people agreed on issues who were there. Their identities were very close. These dinners were for people who weren't ready to bridge differences. They needed healing. But the second option was to hold a dinner with a small group of people that the host didn't know, but indeed would be assigned, with the goal of knowing and understanding people who were across the divide, they said. Reverend Bailey referred to these dinners as borderland suppers because they challenge the guests to cross borders, cross those borders of assumptions. And notice that we're not really talking about your most polar opposite person, that there's a whole lot in between, where we don't often go. Could they see the humanity in those with opposing views? The gatherings were described in this way using shared meals, that rarest of rituals that all of us, whoever we are and wherever we come from, have in common, we invite people of different backgrounds to go beneath the headlines and to understand the real stories that have shaped who we are. Although it may seem counterintuitive, we don't talk politics at the People's Supper. We talk people. We use shared meals and a short set of carefully crafted questions to invite people to break bread and share stories about the people and the moments who make us who we are. Imagine sharing that kind of conversation with people whose identity is not yours, whose labels would not be yours. The same three questions that Reverend Bailey gave to the small gatherings immediately after the election are recommended for the focus for the People's Supper conversations, and they offered some other alternatives, which is the way they function, always alternatives. The dinners have guidelines to help the conversation stay open 
and to end the evening with positive outcomes. And just, just to give you those questions again, who are your people? When did you feel unwelcomed or misunderstood? And when did you feel profoundly welcomed? By April 2018, there had been 1,000 dinners in 124 cities. The People's Supper continues primarily with the leadership and participation of people in their 20s or 30s, and the site is very much alive and working right now. They have posted five main locations for suppers leading up to the midterm elections. So this is a continuing project. Every dinner begins with a poem by... Mickey Scott Bay Jones. Mickey Jones, well, I love her profession because, and I put it in because I knew Morgan was going to be sharing her news with you today. Mickey Jones worked as a professional birth doula, someone who provides support for the birthing woman and her partner. Currently, Mickey Jones refers to herself as a justice doula who helps the process of birthing communities, focusing on the worth and dignity of every human being. Her description of a relationship of, that we can trust may give us courage in reconsidering the qualities necessary in relationships for sanctuary. Together, she writes, we will create brave space because there is no such thing as a safe space. We exist in the real world. We all carry scars and have caused wounds. In this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world. We amplify voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. We have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. And we have the responsibility to examine what we think we know. We will not be perfect. This space will not be perfect. We will not always be what we wish to be. But this will be our brave space together. And we will work side by side. Brave space, not safe space. The importance of physical and emotional safety is real. There are people who abuse their power, and we should not endure their abuses. The safety Mickey Scott Bay Jones is challenging and overturning in brave space is when we choose to hide ourselves and avoid issues that matter in favor of just getting along. When we choose this kind of safety, we deny ourselves and each other the relationships of depth and courage. When we feel what Grania talks about, that tremendous energy all around us, and the ways that we are a part of each other, we rob each other of that opportunity because we are not willing to risk. The depth of our close relationships in our communities is gauged by our ability to accept differences, disappointment, the imperfection in each other, and the hard times of respectful truth-telling. We are never safe from misunderstandings, slights, and the results of very human mistakes. 
We all have the potential to hurt others and to be hurt ourselves. More than ever before, I believe we need to proactively create sanctuaries. This is a hard time in our world. Our criteria for when we will choose to be vulnerable, to be seen and known, will have to be more daring than the safety and comfort of what is familiar. It will require the risk of saying yes to the unfamiliar for a chance at the transformational. We need sanctuaries where it is possible to heal and cross borders. This is why in the small group of friends, the words challenging and sometimes dangerous came to mind. Courageous and sacrificing was all I could think about. It's the image of a child lying across the bow of a boat, feet lashed to the front bench, singing and laughing into torrential rain, plowing through the air to new waves. That is the image that I would invite you to take with you into the week and consider what kind of sanctuary are you willing to create in your life so that you will find belonging and will begin to banish loneliness from the very groups that we care most deeply about. Can we do this? Can we reach? I invite you into a time of prayer, a time of meditation. I invite you to be restful in this time, to feel the pulse of your own heart. And when the time comes to let the silence settle around you, we so rarely feel its power as a group. For the Jewish people who were the focus of a hate message on campus this week, and especially the students who felt targeted and honoring the vigils that happened in both town and campus. And during this week of mental illness awareness, we hold those who struggle to find balance and wellness as well as those who love them. Their struggles are often invisible to the world outside the family. And of course, to Morgan McLean and her husband, Daniel Kirsch, with their joyful anticipation of their potentially Easter-born baby. I invite you into the silence, the silence of your own heart. Spirit of life and love, move among us. And may our hearts be open to peace. Who are the people we go to 
when we want to be with those who get us, sometimes without speaking. Their presence in our lives sustains us. Gather them in. Imagine their faces. be welcomed into that gathering who does not yet belong. Their presence will dispel some of our fears and isolation. safe space in nature that is your sanctuary, whether it is in the past or a place you go now. Can you imagine it? The color, the sounds, the smell of what surrounds you. relationships in our lives need our brave presence where our words will be boundary crossers relationships that can exist only when we ask about a shared humanity the ones we don't understand the ones who are confused about us time to risk and lean into something unknown, risking the comfortable for the possibility, the possibility of slipping through the space between the sea and sky, and finding a circle of belonging 
that brings peace to your heart. to take hands or touch a shoulder, whatever is most comfortable for you as you connect with another person. This benediction was written by the Reverend Erica Hewitt. The hand in yours belongs to a person whose heart is sometimes tender, whose skin is sometimes thin, whose eyes sometimes fill with tears, and whose laughter is a beautiful sound. The hand that you hold belongs to a person who is seeking wholeness and trusts that you're doing the same. And as you leave this sanctuary, may your hearts remain open, may your voices stay strong, and may your hands remain outstretched, and let this congregation say amen. Amen. And Kate Raymond, come join us in the receiving line back here, if you would. Please come. Come.